Hello and welcome to the Translation Company Talk, a weekly podcast show focusing on translation services and the language industry. The Translation Company Talk covers topics of interest for professionals engaged in the business of translation, localization, transcription, interpreting, and language technology. The Translation Company Talk is sponsored by YYZ Translations. Your host is Sultan Ghaznawi with today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Translation Company Talk Podcast. My name is Sultan Ghaznawi. So, let me answer the very first question. Why another podcast? Why do we need this? So, why this podcast? I have several reasons. There are lots of podcasts run by folks in our industry, but they are more geared towards end clients and used as publicity tools. Nothing wrong with that. There is great value in the content they present, the ideas that they present, the, 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 the topics that they discuss. They are very, very useful. But as I said, the content is created to impress people in the marketing or translation buyer side or some other industry for that matter. All right. There is no podcast that discusses issues and challenges that language companies face. For those of you not familiar, the standard term, which I think is now being phased out for language companies as LSP or language service providers. So a little side note there, I think it is an all-encompassing term, but it covers more than translation. However, it leaves ambiguity with a translation company and a freelancer offering their services. So a freelancer can also be a language services provider. Nothing wrong with that. Freelancers are the backbone of our industry and uh, lots of respect to them. But we need a differentiator between what a freelancer is and a translation company. So the new term that has been coined or uh, people are using right now as LSC or language services company refer to a language translation company or interpreting company that offers services in this space. Uh, this is being used in a standards and referred commonly in associations, conferences, and so forth. So, yeah. To give you an idea about what the content of this uh, podcast will look like, I plan to talk about some of the current and future challenges that modern translation companies or even interpreting companies face. For example, Today we will take a deep dive and uh, look at remote work and how it will affect the operations of a translation or language company. Mind you, it has affected our interpreting colleagues differently compared to translation uh, companies that have been used to remote work for a while. In the future, we will cover issues such as business development, uh, which is something very uh, important to me. Uh, for translation companies because a lot of us are doing this wrong. We don't understand what business development is. Everyone thinks it's sales, but it's a lot more than that. We will cover other issues such as hiring practices, the different jurisdictional regulations that have popped up and started affecting our businesses, the use of technology and automation and how it has improved uh, an LSE's uh, operations and so forth. We will cover another major issue that is underrated in our industry, which is data security. Very few of us talk about this, but we are custodians of data 
on a daily basis. People send us their most important information to translate and we need to have policies and so forth to protect them. I plan to bring in experts and guests who have deep insights into our industry and the different issues and challenges that are facing it. If you are interested in being a guest, please reach out to me at podcast at yyztranslations.com or send me a quick note on LinkedIn. Okay, now on to our today's topic, remote work. It has been around for a long time. It predates the internet. People worked from home for, I don't know, uh, maybe centuries. Call centers had agents working uh, from their homes for a long time. Home-based work has been common among people offering child care services. So it's nothing new. Technology has enabled us to pretty much do everything remotely. With a decent internet connection, a fairly modern computer with decent processing power, I can do a lot remotely. In my personal line of work, I have been remote for over 14 years, unless I was absolutely needed to be on site to meet with a client or something along those lines. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the concept of remote work, but what did COVID-19 change in this space, in particular for the language industry? So let's discuss the positives for remote work. The translation industry is not a stranger to remote work. Depending on the size and the structure of an LSC, or language services company, before the COVID and lockdowns, they fell into one of the three categories. They either were fully on-site with physical office space and employees always at their office. Or, they were a mix of physical and virtual environment, where they had a number of people working from their homes. But some essential people were also required in the office. My company fell in this category. The third category was full virtual where everyone worked off of an internet line from their home or somewhere with connectivity like a coffee shop. This has been common and happening since the 90s when the translation services went online. The very nature of the internet and the diverse languages and services offered in this space made remote working very compelling. As such, LACs are not just familiar but also very comfortable with remote work. Even those translation companies that were 100% on-site had to buy translation from freelancers who worked from home. There were exceptions with certain companies being SLVs or single language vendors with an on-site full-time translation team in their office, of course. If we look at remote work from the perspective of a language company employee, it has many advantages. For example, it allows them to save on commute time, the gas or transportation spend, flexibility to balance their work and personal life, attend to their family, and so on. It also lets them have access to things that are important to them. But at a macro level, it allows them to make lifestyle changes. They don't have to live close to their workplace. They can live in a clean and affordable suburb. Housing is a major issue in business hubs. For example, rent in downtown Toronto has skyrocketed. And work from home will probably change that because many people will opt to move outside the city. Climate change is real. I think we all agree on that. The more people commute, the more we are getting closer to the edge. Maybe remote work is a blessing in disguise that will help us reduce our climate footprint. On the other hand, it presents issues and challenges for both sides. Language translation companies come in all shapes and sizes, just like any other industry. 
Some of them are very tech-savvy, while others are still battling technology issues. They use computers that are based on Intel Celeron processors, for example, for all their work. And getting them to build an infrastructure to allow remote work will be a Herculean challenge. On the same note, there are a lot of employees that have worked from on-site spaces for decades. They feel lost when they are asked to do something remotely. A lot of people need that quick access to support which is easy to get in an office environment. But remotely they may have to call people and explain their problems, sometimes multiple times, and that scares them. Related to that, a lot of people crave that social aspect of being in the office. The water cooler talk, the lunch break, and so on. Some employees actually may not be happy with the distractions that present themselves at home. It's true that office is the place of work and may allow people to concentrate on their work. I think people can make their home offices like that, but not everyone would probably agree. Others may have connectivity issues. Imagine some employees living in rural areas where there is no high-speed internet. Yes, that problem is a major one for Canadians living in rural areas, and recently Elon Musk made headlines about Starlink or their satellite high-speed internet service, which the Canadian rural population welcomed with open arms. I read several articles about that last week. Quite interesting, actually. Another issue that I've been hearing a lot about is that our company culture will be eroded with people working from home. Hmm, what is company culture? Depends who you ask. For example, for some people, it is just those signposts on the wall describing their values, and most employees just see them as talking points and presentations. But what is it? Is it that foosball table or the video game room that lets employees relax in the office? They can do that at home too. I think company culture has nothing to do where people work from as long as it emanates from the vision of the leadership in such a way that it reflects in every single detail from the time the receptionist picks up the phone and they greet the caller with a smile all the way to the president who calls his customers once a month to check on them, not just for sales, but to see how they're doing. How are they managing things under a lockdown, for example? Basically showing that they care. To me, that's value. That is the company culture and must be deeply embedded in the psyche of the company. Okay, moving on. A lot of our colleagues in the translation industry have invested in commercial real estate for their businesses. I have had discussions where some of them are very worried about their investments as their work models may change with more people working from home. Commercial real estate will take a hit in the short term and that can affect folks in our industry. I feel for them. But if they can repurpose it or reduce their footprint, that will help them out, I think. I can think of renting part of your office to a dentist or someone who will always need physical real estate to run their business. Okay, so how do we move forward from here? I think we need to be careful in how we proceed. At the end, the translation company owner has to answer to their shareholders and make sure they are profitable. After all, that's why they are in business. The good news is that the language industry is very familiar with remote work. On-site interpreting may take a while to recuperate, but technology has enabled almost all companies to offer remote interpreting via video or telephony. I talked about this earlier. With the exception of the largest LSCs with deepest pockets, the trend has been that other language companies are slow in adopting technology. That needs to change. 
Technology has become affordable and easy to manage. The nature of work will change even more. Technology will help you evolve. Tools for remote work in our industry beyond the project management and translation management systems or TMSs as they are known have become widely popular. Cloud-based products make work very easy. Even Microsoft Office has moved to the cloud, which gives you access to your tools and files from anywhere. They are not the only ones. Google Docs has been on the cloud for years. They now even have cloud-based virtual desktops, which can replicate your whole laptop or desktop on the cloud, and you could access it from basically anywhere. Managing a remote workforce for a language company may be different from managing an on-site team. I'm not just talking about leading your team. Your IT department may have to adapt and face issues with remote provisioning and troubleshooting. Certain type of content may require security clearances and have restrictions. Such work may still be required to be carried out either from your official place of business or at client's premises. So if you deal with that type of work, you have to prepare for how to handle it. If your company offers its translation services in the healthcare space, you will need to think about HIPAA requirements. You may need to offer end-to-end -end encryption for transport and transfer of files to your trusted partners. And you may even need to think of sanitizing documents so personally identifiable information does not leave your premises. As more people work outside your office, your cybersecurity challenges will also rise. People use their computers that are physically outside the control of your IT security team. Think about that one employee that uses his computer in a coffee shop. He leaves for a moment to get a coffee and there's an adversary with nefarious intentions nearby. Attack surface for cyber criminals increases the more people work outside your core network. Think about the firewall holes that have to be punched. Human error that could allow information leakage and the likelihood of a spoofing goes up. Someone could pretend to be your boss asking you to release information or something valuable. In the office, you could simply just pop into their office and ask them. But working remotely, you may need to call them or they may not be available to answer your call. So what do you do? On the contrary, if done right, remote work can accomplish almost everything that an on-site team accomplishes. You will need to plan your technology rollout carefully. Virtual private networks or VPNs have become very affordable and offer a safe and secure way for your staff to access your company network. You will need to train them on the best practices and establish very strong policies for how people work outside your premises. Alright, so it's time for our product review and today I've selected three products, three software that I would like to um, talk about. Number one, it's Microsoft 365. I think it was known as Office 365, but they've recently changed branding. I personally like Office 365 uh, because it gives you an easy interface to manage your office licenses, download applications on your local computer and access your documents online. They have several plans. The basic and middle tier business plans are very affordable for small businesses. In addition, they offer a hosted exchange service, which is included in your plan, uh, I think in the middle tier plan, which takes care of all your email concerns, including spam, IP blacklists, etc., that are associated with uh, other hosts or, or if you're self-hosting. What I'm not happy about 
with Office 365 is that their business tool like Microsoft Dynamics is available and included in, in your uh, plan, but to use functions like CRM and other valuable uh, applications, you have to subscribe to their custom apps, which is an additional fee. Overall, I would give Office 365 suite of software a seven out of 10 rating. Okay, the second software I would like to discuss today is Zoom. I think everyone knows what Zoom is. In the context of remote work, it has become the de facto of video conferencing software. In case you did not know, it is a cloud-based video communication system. It allows people to set up video meetings between their computer or smartphone and others that may have uh, been invited. This company has been around for a long time. In comparison with Skype and Google Meets, Zoom is less intensive on the processor, handles low bandwidth situations really well, and allows multiple parties to join the video conference. It even allows you to manipulate your background. You could pretend to be sitting on a beach. It was not without controversy though. It had security issues and someone in the middle could have listened to your calls. They have uh, resisted to add encryption to all calls for several months, but recently they had to budge under pressure and I think now they offer uh, an end-to-end -end encryption service on all their calls. They're also banned from several large organizations and government agencies due to security risks present. I would give this software a 6 out of 10 rating, but I would say that it's still very useful for your day-to-day -day use. And the last software that I would like to discuss, again, it fits very well with our today's topic of remote work, is Slack. So what it is, is that it is a direct competition to Skype and Microsoft Teams. I have to admit, I was not using Slack, but started using it recently. It has a web interface as well as a downloadable client for your desktop or mobile device. The beauty of it is that it allows you to categorize your conversations, create channels that are relevant to specific teams and chat directly with your connections. It asks you to create a workspace and your team can join that workspace. I believe the free version allows you to create multiple workspaces. In addition, it supports video and audio calling features as well. I highly recommend Slack as a collaboration tool. I would give it a 9 out of 10 rating. In conclusion, I would like to wrap up this episode of the Translation Company Talk podcast show. The good news is that the translation and language industry is very comfortable with remote work. The new norm should not drastically affect our industry. The key is to adopt technology and to plan on how to deal with risks just like anything else. We are going to be in a new norm very soon. COVID-19 will change everything. But I think we are in a better position than most other industries. Okay, that concludes our first episode. Send out your feedback and share your comments you may have. And until next time. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.